Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello, everyone, and welcome. And I have my wife, Jody with me here today. Jody, thank you for doing another podcast with me. Oh, it's wonderful. It's so good to be able to gather together and find the answers to the questions that we have in God's Word at the foot of the cross. Um, and I'm just thankful to be here with you. Amen. Well, what subject are we going to discuss today? Well, this week... Um, we received an email from um, a, a student who was confused and was genuinely trying to understand. Um, and he, he, he was in the course, and he basically asked, how can you teach that we aren't condemned, like Romans 8 tells us, right? How can you teach that we aren't condemned when there are so many warnings in Scripture that seem to say if we don't live right, then we aren't saved, and therefore we are condemned. And uh, he used some verses like 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10, which says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. So he was saying, I still struggle with habitual, with habitual sin. Doesn't that mean I'm not saved and I am condemned? Well, those are good questions to ask, and there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. But did you notice in those questions that they left out that which is of first importance, and hence the confusion? Right. Uh, when people view themselves apart from Christ, and they see themselves outside of the work of the cross, confusion reigns. Right. And so, um, you know, the most important thing is, according to 1 Corinthians 15, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died for our sins, uh, past, present, and future that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by many. And so it, when people embrace this message, it transforms their understanding, it transforms their living, it transforms their thinking, it is a transforming message. So you notice, uh, Jody, in those questions that um, there's no mention of the cross, there's no mention of that which is of first importance. And so, really, they're trying to understand theology apart from the main point. And that's very difficult to do. So, it is worthy, you know, to consider these questions and thoughts. I mean, there are warnings in God's Word that we need to heed and take to heart. But the point is that embracing the gospel transforms the view of Scripture as a whole. Uh, in fact, if you think about it, Jody, the gospel really informs every passage we read. Uh, and it, it just like it transforms every believer. 
So, for example, Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, The gospel is the power of God for salvation. Um, and if we are communicating a spiritual message, but leaving out this gospel, what we're doing is evidencing a form of godliness, but denying the power. And that's, uh, I believe, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. So, you look at 1 Corinthians 1, 18, it says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Of course, he means by the message of the cross. Right. Uh, he says, where's the wise, wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He did that through the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached. Right. Well, what's the foolishness of what is preached? It's the message of the cross. Yes. And through that message to save those who believe. So he's saying that through the message of the cross, we come to know God and we're saved from our sins. It is the power of God. So this power is, is able to rescue us from sin. It's able to, to save us and set us free and transform us. And it's the power of God to keep us. And so, Jody, did you notice in that passage we just read that true Christian preaching has a subject? Right. What was the subject? The gospel. Right. But we preach Christ crucified. Right. That's the subject of every true Christian preaching. And so this lack of gospel understanding is the reason for the quandary and the confusion. Uh, once you embrace the gospel, it becomes the key to the kingdom, and it unlocks uh, every Bible book, every passage we look at. It changes our heart. It moves us to obey. It, in, it informs our understanding of every passage. And so the importance is to grasp the gospel. Do you remember how Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. Right. He says, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Right. Now, in today's world, of course, people take their stand on a lot of different issues, and they're going to go to the wall on this issue or that issue or this point or that point. Right. Well, Paul's saying that we should indeed take our stand, but on what? The gospel. Right, the gospel. This is the message of first importance. Paul says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Right. It's the main thing, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And so this is what you can say, that the warning passages fall into place once we get the most important thing. Uh, but until we get that, which is of first importance, confusion is going to reign. Right. We've talked about this before because um, uh, pulling scriptures out of context, right? Just ripping them out. So he was reading 1 Corinthians 6 apart from 1 Corinthians 1. So he was taking himself out of Christ and, and 
saying, oh, but I still sin, so I'm condemned. Well, not if you're in Christ, right? Which was what we saw in chapter one. And I think this is that you're so right. When we take ourselves away from the cross, that's where we get afraid and confused and um, and there just becomes this an instability. Right, exactly. In fact, even if you look in, in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, so we're, we're working our way to chapter 6. Right. Um, but in chapter 2, Paul says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right. Now, he tells us in verse 3 and 4 why he did that. Why, Paul? Why are you limiting your message to the crucifixion of Christ? And he says in verse 3, I came in weakness and fear and trembling, but my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Amen. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Yes. Do you see how the message of the cross is united with the power of God? Right. You see, so when we focus on Christ crucified, we're bringing a spiritually powerful message. Right. And explosive. This actual word power is dunamis. It, it's where we get our word dynamite. Uh, but it explodes our previous way of thinking. Praise it, God. It, it cremates our previous self. Right. Uh, it's the power of God unto salvation. And even when we're being saved, it's the power and the wisdom of God. And so we have to notice where all the power is. It's at the message of the cross. Yeah. And Paul knew that he had to, you know, he had to focus on the cross. He said he knew nothing but the cross. And that's because the Corinthians were messed up, weren't they, in their spiritual lives? Well, they were. And the tendency when we're messed up, as, as we all are from birth, when we're messed up is to focus on self. Yes. Right? It's just, it's this inward all I can see is my sin or my struggle, and and it seems like everybody else has got it figured out except me, and it's just not true. Right. Yes, and that's why Paul said, I'm not going to know anything when I come to you except the message of the cross. Right. Jesus Christ and him crucified will fix all your issues. Yes. When you look at the cross and see Jesus bleeding and dying and breathing out for you, and you know it's to forgive you, to remove every sin of yours, and you embrace that message and take your stand on it, everything becomes clearer. Um, and, and so we've looked at this most important message, that which is of first importance. Mm -hmm. But if you look in Second Corinthians 4, uh, we get a clue as to what the devil wants to do in our lives. Right. Verse 4 says, The God of this age, that's the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Right. That it displays the glory of Christ who's the image of God. So, Jody, it's not that unbelievers are you know, blind to certain theology. They can know verses of Scripture and theological truths. Mm -hmm. You know, they could even know hermeneutics and homiletics and all those things you learn in seminary. Sure. Uh, they could learn eschatology, you know, end-time events, and, and they can know Bible versions. Oh, this one's extremely important, and this one takes everything out of context. <laughs> you know, they can know all these things, but they're blind to the gospel. Right. They just can't see the cross mm -hmm. and how it affects them or how it informs their 
study of Scripture and affects every theological point. And so they're blind to the gospel. Um, again, in Romans 4, if you look at this, uh, this helps us understand the warnings passages. In verse 4, Paul says, To the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, okay, does nothing, right, but who trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith as, is credited as righteousness. Right. And so we see three things in here, don't we? We see that we don't work for righteousness. Right. It's not our efforts that make us right. It's not our performance, but rather Christ crucified to remove our sin. That is what makes us right with God. In other words, it's Jesus' performance, not ours. Right. Uh, secondly, we see that uh, we trust God who justifies the ungodly. God justifies the ungodly. We're, we're unholy, we're ungodly in our sin, right. but at the cross, God justifies us. He declares us right with him when we believe that the death of Jesus for our sins and his resurrection from the dead is what saves and sanctifies us, makes us right with him, sets us free from sin, all these things. Right. Now, this justification, Jody, it's the opposite of condemnation. Yes. So this is what we have to understand. Thirdly, believing the gospel of the cross credits us with righteousness. Right. Credits our account. This is a an accounting term, isn't it? Right. An accountant might sit down and list the, the credits on the left side and the debits on the right side. Well, at the cross, God has credited our account with righteousness, and he has removed all the debits. That's the magic, uh, you know, magic math of the gospel, <laughs> right? It's, you know, there's this, um, usually your credits offset your debits, right? And there's just like this balancing act. And I think a lot of people believe that's what Christianity is. Oh, yes, God has now credited my righteousness uh, his, or Jesus's righteousness to me. But I still have all my debits over here and or I'm incurring new debits. And so I've got to keep balancing them out now. And it doesn't work that way. Well, and there are no debits. Right. They're, They've been wiped away. Even even David in the Old Testament, foresaw this. He said in in uh, Psalm, and I can't remember which one offhand, but he said, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. I believe this is Not Psalm 32, but yeah, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Yes. Now, sin has to count against somebody. Right. I mean, you can't just sweep it under the rug, but when you look at the cross, you see God counting your sin against his son. Yes. You see God condemning Christ in your place. So you are free and no sin ever counts against you. Yeah, there but, is no debit. But what about the new sins? Like, like, so yes, I came to faith in Christ and all my sin was wiped away, but I still sin. So aren't I incurring new debits? So when Jesus died on the cross, were your sins past tense or future tense? Well, they were future, of course, because I wasn't born. All of your sins were future. Right. When Christ died on the cross. Okay. And so he removed all of your sins, which were all future at that time, on the cross when he died. He, he wiped the slate clean. There is no more slate. People talk about 
Um, you know, I need to keep short accounts with God, right? So that my, my debits don't add up too quickly before I can ask forgiveness for them. There is no account. All your account has mm -hmm. put on to Christ. All your debits have been moved to the, to the column of Jesus and the cross. That's where your debits went to past, present, and future. So that, so that there are no, there's no slate, right? I can't earn more righteousness by being good. I can't lose righteousness by sinning because it's all been wiped clean. I'm just holy and righteous. Exactly right. And forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> but doesn't it matter how we live? Absolutely. But you have to understand the most important point, the main point, yes. and view all of your questions through that point. If you'll get used to doing that, if you'll get used to every question you have, first of all, running to the cross with it, uh -huh. you'll begin to understand that question in light of the main point. Yes. It's, it's when you see yourself outside of Christ. It's when you, you ask a question and, and you put the message of the cross out of your thinking right. that you become confused. And so what we're trying to say is to frame all of your questions and to understand all of theology in light of the main point. Right. Don't be a hokey pokey person. Right. And you're not in today and out tomorrow and You're're forgiven right. today and not tomorrow. You're not racking up more debts. Your debt in its entirety was paid in full. How and Jesus it? said it is finished. All of it from beginning to end. Um, and, and, you know, even Abraham understood this message. Uh, you remember what it says that uh, God announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, Galatians 3, 8. So Abraham believed the gospel, and verse 6 says it was credited to him as righteousness. So again, David was uh, credited as righteous. Abraham, it was credited to him as righteous, as righteousness. What was when they heard and believed the gospel? Right. They were righteous with God, right with God. And that led Abraham to being a friend of God. No. You see, because you have to understand that this message of the cross, the gospel, not only forgives your sins and makes you right with God, it begins to inform every understanding of Scripture and transform your living. Mm. This is what happens. But people get the cart before the horse and they focus on their living, mm. right? Without understanding Christ dying. Right. This is, this is what Peter was talking about when he says, you've forgotten that your sins are forgiven. So you lack these qualities that you want, uh, this righteousness, kindness, goodness, love, all these things. Right. So look at how his question can be informed by the gospel, okay. right? So we're talking about condemnation. Yeah. So look at the gospel in Romans 6, verse 6 and 7. Okay. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. Now think about that for a minute. Him being Jesus. Yes. Okay. So you were condemned already in the person of Christ. Okay. You suffered the penalty of your sins already in the person of Christ. Mm -mm. So you were already condemned. You were already crucified. You already died. What does this mean? Here, here, I'm alive. You're alive. We're sitting here talking together. What do you mean I died? 
our old self, right. our previous self, the self that didn't believe, the self that was in bondage, the self that continued to live apart from the cross, that was all crucified. Right. Why? So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And then he makes a very obvious statement in verse 7. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Right. Well, that makes sense. If you die, you're free from sin. Well, you died. So you have to understand something. You were already condemned. Your old self suffered in the person of Jesus Christ. And through his death, you have been set free. And now you see this in every passage. And the eyes of your heart are opened. And you find that you see and you feel life in a new way. Why? Because you've received the message of the cross that not only Christ died, but you died too. Now, here's the question for you. Okay. If you've already been condemned, will you be condemned again? No. If the Christ who lives in you now can't die, then how can you, you know, be taken outside of Christ and die? You already died. That's the point you have to understand. Right. You are already condemned. Okay. And now you're free from all that. You're free from condemnation. So now we've talked about the cross and the gospel. And so let's look at the warning in 1 Corinthians 6. Okay. And you'll see what Paul does with it. He runs right to the cross with it. Okay. Do you not know, verse 9, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a warning here, right? The warning is, do not be deceived. Right. Okay? And he lists off all the things that you could be deceived in. Right. The sexual immorality, the greediness, the swindling, and the slandering, and everything. Sure. And Paul runs right to the cross. He says, that's what some of you were. You used to be those things past tense. Right. What happened? But you were washed. Right. You were, past tense, sanctified. Yes. You were justified Mm -hmm. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Uh. What is Paul doing? He is framing his warning in light of the cross. Right. Oh, that every time we see a warning, we would do the same thing. The warning is true. The warning is valid. But... See yourself at the cross and what happened there. You were washed. Right. How did that happen? Jesus took your sin off of you and put it on himself and thereby washed you clean. Right. Look at the cross, Jody. What's happening is Jesus is becoming dirty. Yes. In your sin, he's becoming defiled. Right. He's taking all your sin on himself. Yeah. And what does that leave you with? His righteousness that's what's credited to your account your sin was credited to the account of jesus his righteousness is credited to your account therefore paul can say you used to be those things Mm -hmm. until you came to the cross and you were washed and you were sanctified people want to talk about i need to be sanctified right (laughs) i need to be set apart from sin no You were, past tense, you have been sanctified. At the cross, you were set apart from your sin. Now, what you're talking about is growing. 
Right. You're talking about maturing. Yes, I need to grow. I need to mature. And you need to come to the cross to do that. You need to hear the message of your forgiveness, of the crucifixion of your sin and your old self. Right. That you and it died 2,000 right. years ago. And to begin to understand every passage of Scripture through the lens of the cross. Yes. And if you will do that, it will begin to make sense to you. How can I, how will I not be condemned? I already was condemned. Right. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Well, so, why is that? So the warnings are for those who are not believing. That's what it says here. Yeah. Such were some of you, but you were washed. Right. Now, if you were not washed, if you have not come to the cross and put faith in the message that you're forgiven, mm -hmm. then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You are an unbeliever. You may know lots of theology. You may know scripture verses. Right. You may know lots of things, but you don't know that you're forgiven. You and don't know that the price and the penalty has been paid for you. Mm -hmm. You haven't looked up at the cross and taken what Jesus is doing there for you and made it yours. Oh. But when you do, then you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified, you were condemned, and now justified. Wow. You were dirty, and now you're clean. Mm -hmm. You were in bondage, and now you're set free. All right. And so these are the warnings in light of the gospel, and you can look at every single one of them. Every warning in Scripture, you begin to see through a lens. Right. Through, you know, when you um, maybe put on sunglasses, mm -hmm. and they're a darker shade. Uh -huh. You see everything you look at through those glasses, and they appear differently to you. Right. The gospel is our sunglasses. Well, it's new eyes even. Yeah. You know, it just totally transforms everything. And the thing is, you don't ever want to take your eyes out, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you can take glasses blind. off, right? But but you don't want to you don't want to do that. You want to keep your new eyes and don't ever see, we don't ever want to see ourselves outside of Christ. Because that is an unbelieving approach, right? So information is not where it's at. Faith and believing in what Jesus has done is. And when we sin, what do we do? I mean, when we sin, we naturally feel bad about it. So there's like this condemnation that I think or guilt or shame that we put on ourselves when we sin. So the way to handle that, you're saying, is to look to the cross and to remember what Christ has done for us, to remember that that sin that we've committed, that we feel terrible about, has been washed away. And we are not, before God, we're not guilty for it, right? Yes. We're, we're, that debt has been paid. And so we are cleansed. That's exactly right. And, and as we remember, we experience that again, right? Yes. We experience that release or that, that a forgiveness that we've already got. Yes. Right? We just get reminded of it. Right. You've already been washed. You've already been sanctified and justified, cleansed and set apart and all of that. But when we come back to the cross, we're remembering 
And we actually have the same experience. Yeah. We have the same experience we initially had in, in the sense of looking up to the cross, seeing our suffering Savior, seeing the links he went yeah. to the depths he sank to yeah. uh, to forgive us and cleanse us and set us free. We experience that again and again and again. It continues to humble us. It continues to fill us with love and lift us up. You know, when we begin to live out of our new resurrected life, yes. this is what we have to do is to see ourselves in Christ. If you look at Colossians 3, it says you were raised with him and seated in heavenly places with him. Right. And we begin to live out of that new identity. And as we do that, sin no longer has a stranglehold on us. Sin no longer... Um, condemns us anymore and we don't have a consciousness or awareness of sin yeah. now we still sin and stumble mm -hmm. but when we came back to the cross and looked oh wait a minute that's all forgiven right. uh, we're made new here we're raised up we left our sins in the grave when we were raised with christ we became a new creation and if anyone is in christ he's a new creation the old has gone mm -hmm. the new has come mm-hmm and as we remember the cross, there's power to to live differently. That power that we all want so much is right there, flowing down from Jesus to us. All that love and all that forgiveness and grace and mercy, everything that we long for, that we need um, for growth and maturity is right there at the foot of the cross. It's like super grow. If you want to grow in your faith, come to the cross because that is what will grow and mature you. The more that we look to Christ crucified, the more we are transformed from the inside out. That is exactly right. That's beautiful. Let's end with that. Let's end with the realization that all our sins, the debit side of the account, was put to Christ. All his righteousness was credited to the account of every believer. And so, with Christ's righteousness on us like a robe, we will never be condemned because Christ was condemned in our place. And we now are forgiven and freed, and we are extremely joyful about that. And we'll end this podcast right there. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.